This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Aquarium Mania on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Roy Anong, speaking to you from the University of Florida's Tropical Aquaculture Laboratory. Thanks for joining us. Aquarium keeping is more than just a great hobby. It can also teach our students valuable lessons about science, nature, and even careers in aquatics. A perfect example is at Riverview High School in Sarasota, Florida, where Katrin Rudge and her colleagues use aquarium systems to teach aquaculture, natural resources, engineering, and even business. Riverview High School's Aqua Science program currently enrolls approximately 250 to 300 students, and their Stars to Starfish program is gearing up to educate not only high schoolers, but visiting grade school students as well. My guests today are Katherine Rudge and her students, Matt Lavinia, Wes Robertson, and Tyler Fushikoshi. Join us as we discuss aquariums in the classroom at Riverview High School. We'll be right back after these messages. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to Aquarium Media on Pet Life Radio. My guests today are Katrin Rudge and her students Wes Robertson, Matt Lavinia, and Tyler Fushikoshi from Riverview High School in Sarasota, Florida. We're going to talk with them a little bit about their aqua science program and all the work that they're doing there with aquaria and a lot of other cool ecosystem related things. So, welcome to all of you guys and thanks for joining us today. Thank, Thank you. Hey, it's great to be here. Catherine, I usually start my podcasts with a quick question. What was your first aquarium and uh, what, what was your first fish? Great question. I'm actually, I consider myself, um, I've been doing this for about three years, so I'm probably considered a novice. In college, I actually studied planktonic things, uh, dinoflagellates that are part of uh, the food web. So I'm very familiar with smaller things that larval fish eat. But um, I really started uh, developing a love for the aquaria since I teach marine science here at Riverview High School. And um, I've kind of overrun my classroom now with quite a few different fish tanks and have gotten very familiar with keeping the aquaria. So tell us a little bit about your aqua sciences program at Riverview High School. Okay, we were actually uh, about five years ago, um, I started to do quite a bit of hands-on work with my students and took them on field trips to SeaWorld, Moat Marine. We did a lot of things here actually at the school. And uh, our principal, Linda Nook, was very interested in kind of developing a what's called a career technical education program. 
uh, which allows students to try out certain careers early in their high school time. And we thought of a way to kind of incorporate this into um, science, technology, engineering, and math, which is uh, sort of a STEM initiative. And um, we're actually in the process of building an aquaculture greenhouse. So we've gone really full scale with all this. And the kids are really excited about learning outside the, the textbook and basically going and doing hands-on experiments, keeping aquaria going, uh, we're breeding fish, and you're going to learn a lot about all the different uh, experiences that the students are going to have coming up in the near future. So you have a marine science aquaculture small learning community, and I think you, you sort of alluded to it a little bit. Can you maybe just give us a little explanation of how that all sort of works? Yes, I have several teachers here that are actually involved in the program. Jada Thompson is our aquaculture and agri-science teacher, and she primarily has the freshwater side of things. They're growing tilapia, koi, and they're actually going to be looking into growing orchids with some of the, the wastewater from the fish and also growing vegetables down the road in order to actually recycle. We were a little bit afraid of uh, using that for human consumption because uh, you have to be approved to do that, but to actually put it back into the fish food. I'm going to be growing saltwater fish on my side. I teach the marine science honors class, and uh, we're growing clownfish. We're hoping to get uh, striped fang blennies in the near future and bengai cardinals. Um, we also have an AP environmental science teacher, Dr. Noreen Ekstrom, who has AP environmental science and AP biology. She's also part of my team. And Diane Bassett, who is the other marine science teacher who teaches uh, similar coursework to what mine is. And I guess the kind of cool part to me was that you guys are kind of integrating math, business, social science, a lot of different areas that are of real importance in the future for these students. Yeah, the beauty of this program is to really integrate several layers of the school. We have the obvious the engineering students. We have an engineering program here, and they are helping us to develop filtration systems, um, building different fish tanks, anything that has to do with water flow and so forth, they're involved in. We have our math department can come in and measure and weigh and basically do dimensions of the tanks and figure out volumes. Our art students can come down and uh, draw pretty pictures of our anemones and clownfish. Our business classes are actually helping us set up. Uh, once we go full scale with the greenhouse, we're going to have to have a way of tracking our products. We're, we're hoping to sell some of these fish and the coral in the future, and so we're going to have a way of having to track that. Uh, we're going to have to set up brochures so our uh, digital design class can help with um, setting up brochures, websites, and uh, there's really a full gamut. I can think of almost every classroom that can somehow be involved at our school. So that's what makes this really unique and exciting, and uh, it just keeps us all the time excited and striving for the next thing. So real briefly, who helped you get this program going, and, and how did you get funding for it? I'm sure it costs a lot of money. Yes, excellent question. Really, we have had so much support. Uh, first of all, our principal, Linda Nook, is has been, every time we mention, can we do this, she is absolutely behind us 100%, um, very supportive. Our district also had a little bit of initial funding for the career technical education program that I mentioned. But we have also secured close to about $200,000 in grants. One is 
that initially started us off was uh, Ag Commissioner Adam Putnam and the Aquaculture Review Council. Florida's Aquaculture Review Council provided grants to set up our initial greenhouse and actually buy the structure, purchase the structure, which we purchased three years ago. And we really did not have the construction money to actually put down the the concrete slab, do the plumbing and electric. Um, So we recently applied for a State Farm grant, and the State Farm Youth Advisory Board um, awarded us over $70,000 to actually do the construction of the greenhouse. So we're actually, right now, I could go out to the back of our school and see them putting in our plumbing and electric. So it's pretty exciting. Every day we go and look at the progress out there. Since you mentioned it, can you uh, maybe describe for the folks listening uh, a little bit about your greenhouse and also, I guess, the setup that you have planned for the research part? Yes, we're basically our initial thought here and part of the State Farm Grant, and I haven't mentioned this, but we actually have a planetarium on campus, which is a very unique thing for a high school, and we had that built uh, via grants and lots of community support. And we have elementary and middle school kids that come through and see dome shows on a planetarium dome. And we're actually creating a a show called Stars to Starfish, which will incorporate our program with, uh, obviously, the skies. So stars going to the starfish, and the elementary kids will see the show come through. And then we will have students actually stationed at various areas in the greenhouse that will provide them information and teach them. So kids teaching kids, that's really the push here. Half of the greenhouse will be freshwater. The other half will be saltwater. So I mentioned uh, tilapia koi will be on the freshwater side, and we're going to be growing plants. Aquaponics um, will be part of that aspect of uh, one half of the greenhouse. The other side will have coral, clownfish, Bengay cardinals, and we're hoping to breed striped fang blennies. And all of them have unique ways of breeding that we can teach and educate the kids as well as the elementary kids. So really there's a ton of learning that's going on in sort of a a much more hands-on and much more fun way. So the students must be pretty integral to this. What are the students doing for this program and for the the greenhouse, etc.? They are actually really involved in all aspects of this. And, uh, you know, one person cannot do all of this. (laughs) So it's very much an integrated part of our school. And you're going to be hearing directly from some of those students, everything from planning the systems designing the systems to building our different brood stock arrays that we're going to have set up so that our parent our parents our clownfish parents are comfortable and ready to breed and uh, taking those eggs and actually growing them uh, growing the food that they eat when they're in larval form and um, they're helping to figure out okay how are we going to give these tours to the elementary kids what are we going to teach them it's really a, a kid-driven program, and that's the beauty of how this is all functioning. And so they're learning A to Z, filtration, how to run a, a fish tank, all the way to, you know, what's a mangrove, what's, you know, all aspects of marine science, as well as engineering and all the other technology that I mentioned. So it sounds like there's quite a bit going on there. How did you actually get the expertise to even try to begin something like this? There's so many facets to it that are, are really pretty technical. 
Yeah, I uh, sometimes I, I bite off a little more than I can chew, so it's been, uh, I try to slow myself down. But basically, I have a master's degree from University of Maryland and uh, studied marine estuarine and environmental sciences, basically nuisance algae species that are in Chesapeake Bay. And so I've always been interested in the planktonic form of what is what you would, could consider fish food. And years ago, I remember in graduate school thinking that it would be awesome to kind of crack the nut, so to speak, of how to actually get these fish to breed. And only about 10% of marine fish are aquacultured or maricultured, which is the saltwater version at this point. And there are so many more that are difficult to breed. So so it's kind of morphed into this bigger program as we developed and and started to you know get out and talk to our we have many advisory board members as well which who I haven't mentioned Moat Marine uh University of Florida's Tropical Aquaculture Lab where you are Roy and also New College is one of our partners, Pritzker Marine Lab, uh, Hillsborough Community College. So we have many experts that have kind of sat down with us, and they kind of put the reins on what we're doing and basically tell us and steer us in the right direction. I have a lot of good ideas, and I get excited about things, and I really like to see that move forward. And in some ways, this has moved forward very, very rapidly, which is it's tough to keep up with, but the excitement kind of drives you and keeps you going. Well, I was pretty impressed when I went down there uh, just the other day, and you guys are definitely doing a lot, even though the greenhouse isn't completed yet. Let's hear it from some of your students right now. Let's start with Matt. Matt, how do you like being part of this program, and what are you getting out of this? Uh, hey, Roy. I think it's great. I mean, I've been around aquariums almost my whole life. Just started being a uh, reef hobbyist not like two or three years ago. I think working in a greenhouse at school is the best thing. I could just come to school and just do what I love doing especially teaching it, I think more and more students should or kids should know about the hobby and it's a great thing to get into, many things to learn about and there's many uh, job opportunities out there with this job. So how did you get interested in corals? I've been interested in corals uh, three to four years before I started the actual coral keeping. I think it's just uh, amazing how you can watch a uh, an animal such as a coral just sit there and grow over the years, the amazing colors that you get out of them and just the uh, overall experience and different things you have to do to keep them alive. It's pretty much your uh, own little ecosystem that you have to you know, keep going. I think it's just great and I love doing it. So what are your kind of day-to-day duties when you're uh, working in this program? Well, basically, when I come to school, I feed all the fish, and I uh, feed the rotifers, check their densities, and uh, do water changes on them. And then after school, I will be starting to uh, teach other students how to take care of these tanks and how to actually do this in a larger scale. So when we get our greenhouse, this can happen with different students, not just you know two people. So uh, teaching students is, uh, is going to be a big uh, part of uh, this greenhouse. How are all the other students at the high school viewing what you guys are all doing? I mean, is it kind of a cool thing, or you know, is there sort of a, so much demand that not everybody can get involved? Yeah, I think everyone else is, thinks it's going to be a really cool uh, opportunity. It's very amazing just for someone that's never seen coral before just to come in, or fish for that matter, come in and just experience these, uh, these wonders. I think uh, a lot of people can get interested easily just by just by looking at a fish tank, staring at it for a while. That's how I got into the hobby, and I think that there'll be a lot more uh, 
students wanting to come in and help us out after we get this greenhouse going. So what do you want to do in the future? What's your kind of long-term plan and how is this helping with that? Well, there's a lot of things I would love to do, but I think I would like to uh, mass produce coral or try to figure out how to breed different fish like tangs and different wrasses and just basically the open water egg layers so we can stop taking them off the reefs and rebuild the population on the reefs and also make those fish cheaper for the hobbyist. And uh, one more quick question I forgot to ask. What corals do you guys have right now? We don't really have many corals yet. We have mostly leather corals, beginner corals. We eventually will be getting a lot of uh, different hard corals and LPS corals for the greenhouse, of course. Well, thanks very much for all that. We're going to take a quick break and have some words from our sponsors before we return and continue our conversation with my guest, Catherine Rudge of Riverview High School and several of her students. We'll be right back after these messages. I'm Dana Humphrey, the founder of Whitegate PR. We have been specializing in PR and marketing in the pet industry for over 10 years. If you have a pet product or service you would like to promote, give us a call. We can help create awareness for your brand on TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, and blogs. Feel free to reach me directly at 619-414-9307 or learn more on our website at whitegatepr.com or follow us on Facebook. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We're back and continuing our discussion with my guest, Catherine Rudge of Riverview High School in Sarasota, Florida, and three of her students, Wes, Robertson, Matt Lavinia, and Tyler Fushikoshi. So we talked a little bit with Matt. Let's move on to you, Wes. You are obviously involved with this project as well. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now? Just all sorts of maintenance things. I think the key with our program is actually getting the hands-on experience with actually taking care of it. Because it's one thing learning the subject in a book and you know sitting down and learning it. It's another thing actually having the life of an animal in your hands. And I think that's the key with getting people interested in this uh, profession. So when you say maintenance things, can you maybe go in a little more detail? What exactly are you doing? And can you tell us a little bit about what you've learned about the systems? As far as uh, water changes and cleaning and, and feeding the rotifers and, and feeding the baby clownfish, you know, it's just, just you know, maintenance, the grunt work, which is basically the biggest part of this uh, profession. And um, without the hands-on, you know, you really can't learn it. And maybe, uh, I think some of the listeners are probably familiar with it, but maybe describe what rotifers are. I think Matt had mentioned it as well, but maybe tell the folks what rotifers are and what's involved with growing them. Well, you have to grow the algae, first of all, and, um, and, and the algae is what they eat. Um, it's what the clownfish eat. You know, it's, it's just the, the start of the ecosystem. You know, it's, there's, there's, there's the, the basic things, and rotifers and algae are, are a few of the things um, that we have to take care of and learn all about. It's just basically the food that the um, clownfish eat is the basic definition. So in terms of the uh, clownfish, are you getting a lot of spawns? And, uh, you know, about how many clownfish juveniles are you guys getting or, or uh, raising right now? Well, um, 
we're actually starting to um, get the clownfish settled in. You know, it takes a while for them to get settled in and, and comfortable with their surroundings. But yeah, we're we're starting to get day-to-day laying of eggs. You know, as of now, we have one that we're ready to start hatching out. You know, we have a hatching um, coming right out. There's 50 to 100 right now as we speak in the wet room um, hatching away. Have you named them yet, or are you you gonna wait till they're uh, they're hatched out? The right side is Nemo. And then the left side is Marlin. Okay, good, good, yeah. I thought that might be the names you chose. So how has this changed your uh, outlook on your future, and uh, what are you kind of interested in doing down the road as well? Well, um, before I came to Riverview High School, I kind of saw marine science as a hobby, but um, it's kind of given me an outlook on there is a good, you know, you can support your family with this profession, and there's actually a future, and it's it's one of the biggest growing industries out there, so, you know, it kind of opened my eyes to a whole new world of um, things that I didn't even know were there. So, what are some of those things, and maybe what are some options you're considering in the future for a career? Well, I'm interested in basically exactly what we're doing here. Um, in my future, I plan on building a greenhouse, doing all sorts of aquaponics, you know, like she said, breeding Banghai cardinals, doing clownfish, doing coral, doing orchids, all of the above. It all it entices me beyond belief. Now, in terms of all that, have you guys also kind of looked at the business side and, and um, do you have students working with you as well, or are you involved with courses that kind of look at the business side of all this? Yeah, you know, Riverview High School offers, of course, like economics and just understanding the business side. But as far as we're at now with our program, um, we're kind of focused on the construction right now, you know, getting it built, first of all. And then, and then I think the business will come in. Um, we got a business plan set, you know, we got it figured out on pen and paper, but um, you know how that goes. That's a good good answer, good answer. Well, thanks very much, Wes. We're going to move over to uh, Tyler now, Tyler Fushikoshi. Tyler, tell us a little bit about your involvement and some of the things you're doing with the program right now. Well, I'm the CTE program coordinator intern, so I kind of get to work with uh, aquaculture programs and also the um, engineering programs and planetarium things. And uh, so I just kind of had a hobby of marine science a little bit and then till I really got into the class and in the classroom and learning all about the stuff it really got me interested and really got my passion for for this program and uh, since then I've been applying the engineering program and the aqua science programs together building stands for tanks getting other engineering students to design filtration parts and and manufacturing because we have a whole manufacturing facility here at Riverview and uh, we have that at, at our disposal for the aquaculture program to use which is uh, really cool. What is CTE again? CTE is Career Technical Education. And in terms of your uh, manufacturing, what specific items are you manufacturing there? Um, well, we have some reactors and other skimmers and filtration parts that parts break, loose parts, um, just and we can actually manufacture whole products, but we mostly do skimmer and um, protein skimmer and reactor parts for the filtration systems. So what are you looking at doing in the future, and how is this program helping kind of determine or shape what you may be doing? Well, to me, marine science and aqua science is fun. So I'm an engineer by heart, and that's what I always planned on doing. That's my future career. 
But um, I plan on going to get a mechanical engineering degree and applying that to the aqua science and marine science uh, futures. So I assume all three of you work pretty closely. Is there anybody that works harder than the others? I don't think so. I think we all collaboratively work together, and it takes a whole team to do this. I mean, you can't just do one person can't do it all. We all work together. We all spend long hours after school, before school, during school, trying to get this whole thing going because, you know, we all have a real strong passion for it, and we all want to see this program succeed. So you three are obviously pretty integral. Um, How many other students would you say are spending as much time or as much involvement as you in addition to uh, Mrs. Rudge, of course. Well, I mean, us three have, I think it's our goal to see this through. We don't want to graduate. We don't want to get out of here until this thing is complete and up and running. But there's so many student volunteers and other people who who just love this program also, and they're all involved in helping maintain and take care of all the programs. We do most of the training for all those other students because we've kind of been around it for a little bit longer. And, um, and it's the staff, too. The amount of teachers and uh, just the faculty here is really into this program also. It's been a great help. Well, thanks to uh, all of you guys for all that information. I'm um, going to steer back toward Katrin. You mentioned you're going to have a research facility as well. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and what, what the plans are with that research facility? Yes. Um, actually, we just met about a week ago with um, various parts of our school who are going to be involved in this. My early, early on, I had a vision for this program that there are not many research opportunities, real, true research opportunities for students, other than having small setups in a classroom where you can do replication and actually set up a little experiment. So the idea here is to have our aquaculture greenhouse um, kind of growing the fish, getting them, you know, breeding and so forth, and all the, you can learn water quality, water chemistry, you can learn physics and so forth. But I wanted to go a step further with students and actually have them do uh, research experiments with uh, expertise from basically around the world. We can uh, use programs like Skype to interact with actually professionals and uh, researchers all around the world. We could, for example, if a student was interested in sharks, they could talk to somebody that studies great white in Australia, and we could have that person uh, talk to us. And I've had various scientists through Moat Marine and other contacts that we have around the country actually Skype into the classroom and speak to my students, and they can ask questions. So the research facility is going to be an area where you can do we can do experiments, One half of it will be dedicated to live experiments and also we'll have an area where we can do staining and uh, various procedures uh, with the, you know, where what what I call a dead area where you actually are using chemicals to do uh, manipulation of, you know, if your fish died, what did it die from? And you might need to to use different chemicals to find that out. Um, The other half of the research facility will also have what's called an active board, which is a, a projector and a board that you can click on and actually manipulate that when you're teaching, but it also can, uh, it has a microphone and uh, basically speakers, so you can Skype and it's probably about a six by six board uh, where you can see an image of the person on the other end and you can talk back and forth and get expertise from that person. So I'm really excited about having uh, kids develop 
research projects that we can go even to publishable level, uh, have that published through the research facility, and uh, give students opportunities to do true hands-on uh, experiments and science. That really does sound exciting, and, and I'm sure the students are really going to be getting a lot out of that program. So what are the biggest challenges for you, and how are you getting all this together and making it all work? Yeah, actually, the biggest challenges are, uh, well, number one, slowing myself down because I keep coming up with these ideas. Funding is another one. We do not have funding yet for our research facility, so we're going to be looking at, because we are a STEM model for our program here, STEM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math, and there are quite a a few pots of money out there that you can uh, tap into and get funding for ideas like this. So we're hoping to secure some funding. Um, we're also getting the word out in our community. And Sarasota is quite proud of what it does and what it is and what it stands for. And uh, sustainability and green development are two critical parts. And I forgot to mention that we hope to have the research facility actually be green with solar panels. Uh, we're going to collect rainwater. We're going to do other data collection that will basically teach the kids also about green uh, construction and programs that are environmentally friendly. So sustainability is really at the heart of what we're doing. Back to challenges, you know, really doing your homework, kind of uh, really getting your ducks in a row. Expertise from the community and our advisory board members is critical, and this would not work without that. We are going to have a grand opening, actually, which I haven't mentioned, April 22nd, which is Earth Day. And so we're hoping to really get uh, people in the community involved. The more people that know about this and are involved in a positive way, it seems like I'm making contacts every day. I, I contacted someone about a fish tank over the weekend, and it turns out that he works for a company that builds filtration systems. So it's a small world in some ways, and um, it's exciting to see the community kind of getting involved and uh, helping a school. It's a teaching tool, but it's also an exciting view into kind of what, as you heard, our students are very excited about maybe pursuing a career in that. And how many people know that in high school? That's that's pretty awesome to be driving, uh, you know, and getting kids excited about stuff early on that they can spend the rest of their life um, kind of being part of. I agree. And there's so much going on at your uh, school that I'm, I'm real excited to watch it develop. And I think one of the big things is really getting kids to appreciate on our end, you know, the aquarium hobby and how it relates to ecosystems and, and as you mentioned, sustainability and, and, and appreciation really for science and, and um, biology. I think there's a lot more challenges now with a lot of the electronics and, and kind of moving away from, from nature. So I, I think that's great. So if you're recommending setting up a program like this, and I think this is really a great model for um, schools all over the U.S., what, what would you tell these folks or what advice would you give? Well, you know, one of the beauties of this is I, I know we've kind of gone full scale with a greenhouse and we've had to secure funding for that and just organizing it. Staying organized <laughs> was another thing I should have mentioned as a challenge. But, you know, you can do this on a small scale. You can have an aquarium, a 10-gallon aquarium, well, maybe not for salt water since it 
it's easier to maintain a larger one. But you can start with a small aquarium and teach water quality. You can teach about the uh, plants that you may have in there. You can teach about the animals you have in there. And all aspects of what we're doing at a large scale, you could do at a, a much smaller scale. So don't be intimidated by, you know, what we have here. It's definitely going to be sort of a model program, and we're very proud of that. But, you know, as I mentioned, do your homework. You do need to have a fairly good um, background or at least have, you know, start by looking at websites. Get somebody involved that's a hobbyist who does this for a living. Uh, A lot of teachers might just, you know, know the textbook version. But, boy, was I unaware of some things when I started some fish tanks and, you know, algae started growing and we had to put an RO system in at the school and I just, you know, learned A to Z what to do with a fish tank uh, very rapidly (laughs) because I was having some problems. So um, don't be afraid of, you know, starting at a small scale, do your homework, ask for donations. I, instead of going to one company, I've learned that if you go to the company that manufactures, let's say a, a UV sterilizer, for example, and you go to that top person that actually runs that program and you ask and you say, look, I'm a school, I'm trying to set this up and trying to do this in a budget that's pretty difficult right now. Would you help us out? And if you tell them what you're doing and what you're excited about, most of them have come through and in a big way helped to fund a lot of this, uh, our systems here at the school. So that's been really exciting. Get expertise on board, I guess, is another piece of advice. And go to your local universities and colleges and ask for expertise. Somebody out there is doing this already. And getting a network of experts on board is another thing that I would suggest. Delegate is probably one thing I'm getting much better at now. Um, I used to never be good at it. I was the one lugging the buckets and filling up the tanks and changing the filters and (laughs) getting everything uh, together while my students were working on something because I always felt so time-strapped. And I've learned to, to delegate and to organize students and train them and get them training the younger incoming students. Um, I'm, I'm afraid to lose the three that you heard from today because they've been instrumental in kind of uh, getting this going. But they need to live their lives and move on and graduate. And, and uh, so training the new incoming students is going to be critical on their part. Well, it would be pretty easy for you just to fail them, right, for just, just for a year so that they could kind of stay there and get everything finished? <laughs> they heard you say that. So, <laughs> no, we won't be doing that. <laughs> But, yeah, good point. And I guess my last little piece of advice, keep dreaming. You know, it's amazing for me to see kind of an idea in my head six years ago, maybe just happen right in front of me. It's kind of all taking place. So it's scary on the one hand, but on the other hand, uh, you know, keep dreaming, keep vision going, and just stay excited about things, stay positive, and the sky's the limit. One more real quick question. You think you have a lot more students that are keeping Aquaria now as a result of this program? Yeah, that's actually interesting. We do have days where we say, okay, if you want to learn about aquariums, please come by. You know, Tuesday afternoon, and Matt is usually here and helps um, to kind of show them what to do. Wesley's been uh, more involved quite a bit lately, but has football practice, so he sometimes can't make it after school. So it's been great to kind of get kids excited about it, and I've heard at least five or so in the last two weeks say they're going to start an aquarium whether it's freshwater or saltwater and you know usually we say okay come and find out about it first and then make sure you know what you're doing and then you'll have success rather than 
having to flush the poor little guy down the toilet. <laughs> well, that's great to hear, and it's definitely good to get more kids involved in the hobby for all the reasons that we mentioned. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, but I, I really did want to thank all of our guests, Katrin, Wes, Matt, and Tyler, for joining us. Katrin, I assume you're going to have uh, website links for folks so they can kind of keep up with what you're doing and how everything looks when it's all finished? Absolutely, and we're still um, you know, developing all that, and so I will definitely keep posting and forwarding you information as it develops. Um, April 22nd is perfect. If you are interested, please come by. We're going to have an open house. Uh, I will have dates and times and so forth on our website, our Riverview website. So keep in touch. Feel free to come by afternoon. in an afternoon once I'm done teaching. I'd be happy to talk to anybody uh, or via email. So you can post my email as well. Well, thanks again to all of you, and it's really exciting, and I'm definitely impressed with everything that you've done and how it's going to look in the future. I encourage all of you listening to visit my Aquarium Mania blog on Pet Life Radio. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for a show, email me at drroy at petliferadio.com. That's D-R-R-O-Y at petliferadio.com. If you're ever in Florida, please be sure to visit the Aquarium Mania exhibit at the Florida Aquarium in Tampa, or take catching up on her offer and swing by Riverview High School. Until next time, please visit your local aquarium stores, buy more fish, and keep your tanks and fish healthy. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.